Welcome to Let's Chat on Here First Productions with your host, Craig Busek. I'm sorry. Whoa. What? Did you hear that? No. What happened? It... Did you want to hear those options again? Look, this is crazy. You can't do this. Did you want to hear those options again? No! I don't want to hear options. I want to talk to a human being. Options? I told you six months ago I've had enough of your fucking options. I'm going to go now. No, no, please. Hello. You're still here. Fuck! And that was a small clip from episode 5 from Here First Productions, Dot Om, written by Rowan Jacobs. A writer whose work holds a mirror up to society and makes it examine itself, I had the great pleasure of meeting Rowan after seeing his play Life and Death at the Camden Fringe last year. His experience comes from stage plays, short films, and shooting documentaries for Vice. Rowan and I managed to catch up on a Tuesday evening Skype call after Dot Om's release, where we discuss his development of the play, his work up to date, and what we can look forward to from him next. So, Rowan, in as concise way as possible, yes, because your story is quite complex, reading on the page is very different to hearing it out loud. Can you describe the story you've written for us? Yes. I mean, there is no story. It's more of a... It's, there's no narrative to it. I tried to not write a narrative to it. Basically, Dotom is an immersive audio experience through the format of a fake meditation app that it's is supposed to engage the listener in the topics I tried to explore through, not through vicarious experience, which I guess you'd say happens in most kind of plays, films, whatever it is, but through direct experience. So the, the audience member themselves is supposed to experience the app and then get from that whatever they want. As you and I spoke about previously, you've got two big themes going on in there, for me at least. Uh, one is the kind of ludicrous nature of wanting to use an app to meditate. The other is the corporate world which hides itself behind all of these walls and doors that are almost impre- impenetrable. Yeah. I'm interested to know which of these came first. Um, I couldn't tell you. I try, in as far as the writing itself goes, I try and stay away from thinking too much about the themes I'm trying to explore. I'll have a rough idea and I'll kind of try and head in some direction. But for me, you know, and, and anything that I, that I try to write about, it's never um, to try and, you know, preach or teach anyone anything because I don't know any more about anything than anyone else <laughs> does. Um, it's, it's trying to ask questions and, and make the listener um, think about what they're hearing. And I think, you know, I, I meditate and, and I think it's great that through these apps and through technology, more people are. But uh, I feel that the idea of having to use an app to meditate goes against everything that it's about. You know, it's about putting yourself and using yourself to, you know, engage more with the world and be more present. And I think that phones are the opposite, give us the opposite of presence. And, you know, I mean, I experience the increasing corporatization, if that's a word, of of the world every day. So I, I definitely had that in mind, but I couldn't tell you which came first. I'm interested. The you mentioned about wanting to give the audience the the immersive experience, and whilst you say there's no particular narrative, there is certainly, I think, a journey that everyone who listens to it will go on. Um, not necessarily the same one as well. There will be people that take, you know, they'll take Angus's kind of well, the character that Angus played, the listener's journey, put themselves in that. There will be others that follow Teddy as the app and how that develops. What is the biggest one? 
you again i know you've said you don't particularly want to teach or preach <laughs> but but what is the one for you where you go this is the character particularly to follow or are you looking at it as a completely widespread canvas anyone can pick any of the four and go take from it what you will yeah um i mean there is obviously a definite protagonist in it you know what's been really encouraging for me has since since the play went out is how much people have said it annoyed them you know <laughs> um which i guess was the over, that was you know the overall aim for me was just to annoy people with it you know and was that annoyance coming was that annoyance coming from the first time Alice as the advert kind of chimes in or was it from from yeah from everything i mean from the from the idea that thankfully you know because that's that's one of the struggles that i had with writing it was trying to get across my my point without you know um explicitly saying them or without you know using exposition too much i think that you know people have said that at first they started to relax with it and then the more that it goes on when the adverts start coming in and when you know he starts talking to the answering machine uh, you end up you can't help but get annoyed at it and as we all do i think i think we kind of we're too used nowadays to how many adverts we experience on a daily basis and i think basically the world we live in is very dehumanizing and i think it's good that it's encouraging that people have realized while listening to the play just how much we let go on a day-to-day basis yeah absolutely i think i was watching something online the other day and a it was a two-minute clip of something going on somewhere and halfway through an, an advert popped up for william hill or one of the betting apps or whoever it was and just I mean, two things happened one i thought about of dot om and you know that experience the other thing was oh i can just look away i've i've normalized this so much that i just look away for 15 seconds or click that skip ad button and i think you're right there is a certain sense of in the real world that that rationalization the normalization you know, of the corporations or whoever it is not necessarily corporation but people trying to sell us something trying to invade our our relaxing time definitely definitely you know, another thing that I was trying to get across was meditation puts you in a very vulnerable position. So, you know, you're vulnerable to hearing these messages that you, you know, you, you shouldn't have to listen to. And, you know, advertising in a way is great because it, it enables a lot of these apps and these even cultural events, whatever it is, it, it enables them to be free because the advertising pays for it. But also I think that we just have to be careful that we don't let it slide too much, you know, especially with meditation. <laughs> Yes, we don't want to end up in that Wally world where every every living second we're looking at a screen that says, "Hey, buy this, do this, etc., etc., etc." Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, whilst you're writing it, because I've had a lot of feedback about the episode where people have said, "Oh, it's very Black Mirror." It's an easy stamp to put on things nowadays that have a kind of surrealist but poignant meaning. Was that Black Mirror or anything else an inspiration you know, for you? Um, for me, th- other things that stuck out were 1984 and Catch-22. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, not just for this and anything that I write, I try and steer clear of, you know, uh, watching or listening or reading things that could too directly, you know, lean on my own ideas. I have, yeah, I have heard the, the Black Mirror comparison too, but I mean, the only similarity between them is that they both explore slightly dystopian views of technology and where we're at you know Mm. um you wouldn't call well by that logic you'd call 2001 a bit a bit black mirror you know um so (laughs) i don't think it particularly works but 
you know, it's nice. It's nice to have the comparison, you know, to be mentioned in the same breath. But I, I, I don't think there is anything much there. But no, like I said, I, I, I didn't really try and get influenced by anything but it's nice to have the comparison yeah like i said it's it's an easy stamp to apply to things i've had it put on my work and i've applied it to other people's work and had that kind of that's not really what i'm going for but as you said thank you for the comparison um so obviously the first time i got in contact with you was after your play uh, life in death yep your experience in the past has been working for film and theater and documentary yes how was that transition for you coming from a visual medium to the audio based only um really interesting it wasn't one that i expected to make you know i i, I had no plans to um write a radio play before you approached me but it was definitely a very interesting experience yeah i started out kind of in, in documentary and, and shooting documentaries and then the ambition was always film and then as i started making writing more films I, I and I started uh, working with actors a lot more and they would be in plays and I thought oh this might be an interesting thing for me to write in it that was eye-opening because with theatre you can't rely on uh, montage or cutting to a close-up to emphasize your point it's all through body language mm. or dialogue um, in getting the narrative or whatever it is across and equally you know the radio play was a step further along that you don't have body language all you have is dialogue but then for whatever reason i guess i just like a challenge i decided to try and write something that had about as little dialogue in it <laughs> as possible so there were points in the writing where i thought you know what the fuck am i doing this is stupid and it's never going to work but it was really interesting to have to get across everything that i wanted to get across mm. you know purely through voice you know it was a really interesting experience was that the biggest pitfall you found along the way writing something after making the conscious choice of as little dialogue as possible definitely when you move from film through to theater and then the radio play you know in film you have you have the close-up and you have montage in theater mm. you don't have that you have body language and in the, a radio play you don't have any of the above you know so that was definitely the biggest one and it was just interesting for me to go one step further with that and, and try and make it a direct experience. That's kind of what the main thing I wanted to explore with the format was that the radio play gives you such an interesting opportunity to really, I mean, literally enter someone's mind. You know, when you're listening to something through headphones, it is like a completely immersive experience. And I, I liked the idea of people listening to this on the tube because I know people use meditation apps on the tube or, or you know in bed or, or whatever so i think the biggest challenge was to try and write something that came across as realistic and yes. created a, a you know a diegesis which was very believable but at the same time play with it and, and make the listener think about what they're they're listening to well i think you've captured the reality of it quite well because again some of the feedback we've been given is I turned it off as soon as you started adding adverts, which for me is two things. One was, please carry on listening. Actually, it gets, you know, it continues. That's not a paid for piece of advertising. But also it kind of backs up your point that people are turning off when the adverts are hitting. So it's kind of a double-edged sword in that respect in that it, they're not listening to the piece of, that's telling them, hey, adverts aren't great, etc. 
because they're not listening once the adverts arrive. It's It's been quite interesting. And as we said on the day, this is the one piece that will attract the audience we want and it won't attract the audience we don't. And I think it's done that in spades. I hope so. I hope so. It's definitely, um, yeah, I, I've been learning a lot about the people I interact with from what they have had to say about it, you know, <laughs> which is as much as you can ask from anything you write, I think. What's the best piece of feedback you've been given so far? Uh, well, it wasn't quite feedback. It was more, I, and I don't know if the person I'm about to mention is going to listen to this. I hope not, but it was <laughs> funny to me anyway. They, uh, I posted about it on Instagram and someone I know commented saying, oh, something along the lines of I've had a really stressful week because it was something about, you know, how I'd written a meditation app and, and you couldn't really see the rest of the description. Mm. Um, so the person was like, oh, I've had a really stressful week. I can't wait to get into bed and, and you know, unwind with this. And I was just sat there thinking, oh, fuck. Yep. You know, they're going to... You're about to ruin your evening. Yeah, and just end up being more annoyed. But <laughs> no, like I said before, the, the, aside from, from that, it's just been really interesting to hear that people have got from it what I wanted them to, which was to, you know, really ask questions about just what we're getting ourselves into with advertising and the creeping corporatization of, of, of everyday life. Mm. Well, from our point of view, there's been nothing but positive feedback for those that got past the first advert. And from mine and Gareth's point of view, it's been an absolute pleasure to work on it. He was saying just before we did this interview, the editing process for him was a 10 out of 10 experience. Good. Well, I think I think I, I would just like to give you to, you know, uh, the props you deserve for the sound design because it would have fallen flat if, if it hadn't been so great. So I think you owe yourselves a pat on the back. Thank you very well. much. I, I, I'm getting a, a thumbs up from Gareth also saying thank you. Because uh, he did all the work. I'll take none of the credit for that. Um, so, Rowan, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you on this. What can we see of yours next? Uh, this year, I've got a few short films coming out. Um, I can't give too much away just yet. But what is interesting me at the minute is where our generation finds itself in the world and how it relates to us and, you know, this... Uh, this capitalist society we find ourselves in, how do we go about taking control of it from the old, mainly white people who control it currently? And yeah, you know, just exploring that and, and, and how we find meaning in society. Well, I think uh, everyone that's listened and you know, everyone that's taken part in this looks forward to seeing it when it's released. Rowan Jacobs, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Have a good evening.